Welcome to the World War America podcast. I'm Anderson Thomas. Get ready. We've got a great interview coming up with the great journalists out of the Washington Free Beacon, Andrew Kerr and Alana Goodman. Did an interview today with them on the uh, work they're doing right now on the campaign trail in Georgia on the Senator Warnock Herschel Walker race. So sit back, uh, grab a pen and paper, take some notes. Enjoy. Thank you. I'm so glad they accepted my invitation to come because their work is one of the best examples I could use to show how stories written off of solid sourcing and methods tend to grab the public's eye and tend to have legs, even if the mainstream media try to ignore it. Somehow, some way, these stories always bubble up to the surface. So now that I've said all that, we get to hear from these guys directly. How are you guys doing? How are you doing, Andrew? How are you doing, Alana? Doing great. Thanks, Tom. I'm great. Thanks for having us. Yeah, and, and thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. I think this is going to be a pretty fun thing because for once we've got uh, an interview here where it's it's funny, right? It's kind of flipped. I'm I'm usually the source <laughs> giving you guys information, and so you guys are the source for my podcast now. Uh, and you guys are a great source because um, what well, we have is a situation where Senator Warnock is leading a church in Atlanta, a very prestigious church, a historical church, an Ebenezer Baptist church. Senator Warnock is still the pastor there. The church owns a property that offers housing for the displaced and mentally and physically disabled. The development is run by a management company, and it appears as if, and you guys can tell me if I'm wrong, but it appears as if the management company at the behest of the church is treating residents in a way you wouldn't expect a church as pre as prestigious as Ebenezer Baptist or a U.S. senator to treat homeless and downtrodden people. Now, what's great is Andrew and Alana have have both literally been on the ground on the camp on the campaign trail in Georgia. So this isn't just reporting from a keyboard. This is old school, two investigative journalists on the ground covering the campaign trail. It really doesn't get any better than that. So with that said, since you guys are on the ground and in person, Alana, what's your overall take of the, of the two candidates and, and, and the race right now in Georgia? I think it's very close. I mean, as we've known uh, for a while, but uh, I, I, I do think looking at the polling, um, you know, being on the ground that the issue with Herschel Walker the accusations about him paying for his uh, a woman a girlfriend to get an abortion um i it doesn't seem to be as damaging um as i as i think we might have thought when when that first was reported um but you know it's a it's just it's a bad year for democrats so it, the polling is close and i think that walker he survived the debate he there was kind of uh, he had set expectations very low going into the debate um and i think he ex exceeded those kind of lower expectations that people had and i, I mean i i think it'll go to a runoff at, at, at this point is what it looks like to me but either way it's just it's going to be a very close race wow wow okay so it's funny because i i've spoken to people friends of mine and they are apoplectic <laughs> over the fact that it's this close. Like there are people that I know that look at the race and just and just shake their head and wonder uh, why is it this close from 
from the and these are people that support Raphael Warnock like they they're just they 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 don't understand what the dynamic is why is it this close um you know I always say this politics is local and news is local too right and so for me I look at, at the situation I say to myself well you know, Herschel Walker is a known name in Georgia <laughs> for a very long time. He's a very popular guy in that state. And so anytime you've got rank, name recognition like that and you've got, you know, a name built into like the culture, into the fabric, weaved into the fabric of, of a state like that, it's always going to end up being close. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that's a big part of it for sure. Uh, I think it's not a good year for Democrats. So I, I think that's what a lot of this is about. I mean, really? Yeah. I, I and, and you see it across the country. I, 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 I'm not sure how much it is of Herschel Walker, you know, specifically people liking Herschel Walker. Um, I, I think it's more, you know, Biden and the Democrats have a, a problem right now. And so that's what we're seeing in Georgia. Yep, yep, for sure. Now that's for sure. Actually, you're right about that. Now, with, with that said, and since you guys are on the ground and in person, um, Andrew, I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying to myself from, from afar, right? I, I, cause I don't have any sources there. I'm looking at this thing and I'm looking at this housing situation and I'm saying, wait a minute, uh, you know, this looks a little bit bad, especially considering that, you know, Senator Warnock is a pastor. This, this church, Ebenezer Baptist church is such a prestigious historical church. It's, it's just, you know, it's. It's a more type of church uh, for the black community. Um, so with that said, Andrew, some of the people you've spoken to on the ground, let's say that lived in this development, what, 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 did you, what have you gotten from on the ground there? Uh, what's going on uh, with this uh, Columbia Towers development? What, what is your take on it? Yeah, so um, um, Warnock's church is uh, Ebenezer Baptist Church. Uh, it's where Martin Luther King Junior used to preach, um, and it turns out that they uh, own 99% of this low-income apartment building um, called Columbia Tower at MLK Village. And um, what public court records show is that um, uh, there's been, since the start of the pandemic, a dozen uh, eviction lawsuits, well, over a dozen now, against residents of that building. And a lot of these lawsuits are for like really trifling amounts of, of back rent. One is for $28.55 uh, just last week, last Wednesday uh, um, in October. They uh, filed three more uh, eviction lawsuits, two of them for just $115 in back rent. Um, so, you know, when you see those, when you see those lawsuits, you know, just like looking from afar in, in DC, like the first question that comes to mind is like, okay, like there's got to be some explanation for this. Like, uh, maybe they're just like awful te tenants and they're just trying to like strong arm them out. Like, you know, we, I have to go and, and talk to these people and it's a low income apartment building. It's a uh, uh, catered towards uh, chronically homeless and mentally ill people. So uh, the usual methods that we have of finding people's phone numbers to contact them, like none of the phone numbers are working. So the only way to get into contact with them is just to go physically to the building and knock on doors until um, you, we uh, got in front of some of these people. So that's what I did. And, you know, the, the people that I talked to at this building, you know, they're actually really nice. There's a great community atmosphere in there. Um, um, 
And uh, um, folks that I talked with uh, told me that you know, in 2020, they were served an eviction lawsuit or eviction notice for after they submitted rent payment one day late. Um, there's a military veteran I spoke to, his name is um, uh, Philip White, and he's facing his section, a second eviction notice um, that was filed against him in September for $192 in unpaid rent. Um, he previously fought off a eviction lawsuit last September for $172 in unpaid rent. And these people had to pay court fees that are uh, almost double or triple what their monthly uh, rent payment is just to kind of get this uh, apartment building off their, their backs. Um, they, the residents described to me that the building has become increasingly more aggressive in collecting rent. They told me that they were all notified in September that, um, you know, hey, if you're more than five days late making your rent, then, you know, we're going to file a dispossessory notice against you, like no ifs, ands, or buts. Um, what's galling about this is that the building has received over $15 million in, in public funding since 2005 to operate as a shelter for the chronically homeless and mentally ill. And the building's owner, Ebenezer Baptist Church, and they own it through a complex network of uh, shell organizations and through a charity controlled by the church. You know, they're paying Raphael Warnock $7,400 a month uh, housing allowance like at the same time. So Warnock would have to accept or you know, just shave off like 6%, 6, 6, 7% of his monthly housing allowance. And that would completely fund all of the all of the um, uh, uh, back rent sought in all these lawsuits. So, so that's dichotomy between the wealthy senator receiving this lucrative housing allowance and then the same church owns this building as trying to kick people out in the street for you know, 100 bucks in back rent. They're only a few days late on their rent payment. And that's the thing, Andrew, that, I, that I've noticed, you know, that when you when you actually get on the ground and you're reporting a story and you're speaking to the people who are like there and they're suffering in, in a situation that isn't so great, you get to you, you get to really you get to see that what's on paper with the senator. It sounds good. And, and here's the thing that I you know, I've said multiple times politicians are, you know, they're a necessity. We need them. I'm not too into politicians, even pastor politicians. And the reason why I'm not is because they say the best things. They they have an incentive to ignore bad things instead of actually dealing with them. Right. And so this is one of those things where this doesn't seem to be so good. And it looks like it's something that the senator could fix quickly with just a phone call or two, right? And it's something that could actually be cleared up fast if he just says, you know what, this is a problem. And I apologize, like this should never happen. And this was, let's say an oversight, but he hasn't done any of that. What, what has he said to your reporting so far, to all this as you've just described, what has he said to you guys specifically to answer any of this? Well, he hasn't he hasn't answered me specifically, but he's been asked about this multiple times. Uh, he was asked about it during the debate with uh, uh, Walker last Friday. Um, and so he says that they're one that he doesn't have any day to day involvement in the building. Um, and, you know, that may be true, but um, he's he's the top pastor. He's the top guy at Ebenezer. He's receiving all this money from the building. He has not Ebenezer. Uh, and Warnock have neither of them have disputed that they do in fact own the building. Like we've got that dead to rights. Um, and but they're they're just claiming, oh, uh, we have no no day to day involvement. They haven't made any sort of uh, overture to the uh, to the one percent owner of the building. It's called Columbia Residential for them to stop filing these eviction lawsuits. You know, and 
during the debate on Friday, Warnock says that, oh, well, there have been no evictions. The ironic thing about that is not only is that not true, public court records show that there have been uh, two court-ordered writs of possession that have been carried out by the Fulton County Marshals since uh, 2020. Uh, but you know, just two days before the debate, the uh, building manager filed three additional eviction lawsuits. So as Warnock is out there saying, oh, this isn't happening and this is a shameful attack on the legacy of MLK Jr., they're still trying to evict people from the building for trifling amounts of rent. I mean, it's, uh, it's pretty appalling. Yeah, and, and to your point too, Tom, I mean, that was after the original story uh, by Andrew was published. So it's like, it, this is the day after it's published, there are two, the uh, building files evictions against uh, three other people for as low as uh, $115 in late payments. And and this was just for late October rent. So, it, you know, it really doesn't seem like, you know, at that, at that time that anything was done immediately after the story came out. Um, and yeah, it's definitely a big and how, question. And how is this not a story in the mainstream media all over the place? Because this strikes at the heart of who Senator Warnock is saying he will be as a politician. He's saying that, hey, I'm a pastor. I'm a man of the cloth. I'm here to represent the downtrodden, the poor, the weak, the people with no voice. That's why he's going to the Senate. <laughs> and yet here he has a responsibility for the downtrodden. His church has a responsibility for these people. And They've taken the responsibility and they've handed it, pawned it off basically to a to a management company who's treating these people like any other person out there as if they're like, you know, lower middle class and, you know, they're just buying too much beer. And that's why they, they're not paying their rent. No, you know, these people are truly struggling. And in the time when there's inflation and in a time when we're just getting out of COVID and there are housing crises happening all over the country right now because of rents going through the roof and everything else. For his church not to respond to this right now and for the national media or major media not to even touch it, it's kind of surprising. <laughs> it's really yeah, surprising so to me. The media, <laughs> the media that has picked it up, what a lot of them have done is just uh, uh, they'll, they'll cite Warnock's claim that, oh, well, there hasn't been any evictions from, from the building. Like some of the, some reports, uh, local Atlanta, uh, Georgia outlets are saying, oh, well, they did, they acknowledge, yeah, they did file these eviction notices, but, and then they falsely say that there's been no evictions that have been carried out. But even for the, you know, the, uh, the building management company has closed out some of these lost, some of these eviction notices that it's filed, but they only voluntarily uh, remove those lawsuits uh, after the uh, tenant pays court fees, excessive court fees that amount to two or three times their, their monthly rent. I mean, these are people that are struggling to pay $125 in rent. So when you, you're seeking an additional $325 in court fees for the uh, for the crime of being less than two weeks late in rent, I mean, that's just exploitative. Um, yeah, so, I don't think there's any way any way else of putting it. So yeah. uh, it's it's disappointing to see that um, you know uh, the media that have picked this up are just trying to like they are just trying to couch it by saying, oh well no evictions have been carried out. I mean, this caused a, a incredible amount of damage financially to the people that have been served these eviction notices and ended up paying these excessive court fees to make it go away. Yeah, and it's one of those things, you know, where it's sad because, you know, and, and the pastor would know this, a good senator would know this, right? You know, he's there to look out for these people more than anyone else. <laughs> and so I'm just more, the more I think about it, the more shocked I am at the fact that 
you know, evictions were filed <laughs> recently. Like it's just, and for the dollar amounts, the entire thing is just surreal to me, considering that, you know, I guess the best way to put it is, if someone wants to represent the entire state and they're not even properly representing the people who they're supposed to be representing in their own community, that's a red flag. And so there's still some time for the senator to, to, to pay attention to this and to do something on this. I hope he does. My question to you guys is this. Are there some questions you guys have been asking him and his staff that they just haven't answered? Like, what are some of the questions you've asked that you need answers to for the reporting on this that they haven't answered? Well, the, the biggest thing, uh, there's, I'm, we've asked them a number of questions and they're not responding. But for, for me, the, the biggest questions I have is like, one, why are you so aggressive in, in filing these, these notices? Uh, it, like, it's one thing to be like six months, eight months or 11 months late in rent. Like at some point, like you gotta, you gotta do something about it. But a lot of these folks are just days late and they're uh, being served notices. Uh, I mentioned- Pretty small amounts of money. I mean, like in one case, it was like tw a little over $28 that somebody was late paying. So uh, yeah, these are, these are small amounts and it's extremely aggressive. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, uh, another thing is the the um, the residents of the building told me that they were recently notified that there's just going to be no flexibility whatsoever. Um, you know, uh, dispossessed Jerry notices are going to be served after five days late rent. Um, they haven't answered questions on that. Um, the uh, the financial arrangement. So Ebenezer, through a charity it controls called uh, Ebenezer Building Foundation, so they report. Um, that they receive hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in rental revenue. Um, it's not really, it's not entirely clear. It probably includes figures from this, uh, from this apartment building um, that we're talking about, but you know, how much goes to the property manager, uh, Columbia residential, how much goes to Ebenezer, um, you know, the, all the public assistance money they've gotten, you going back to this, like, why are they being so aggressive when they've received $15 million in taxpayer funds since uh, at, at least 15 million since 2005, like after receiving all that assistance, like why go after people so aggressively for just being a few days late on rent? Um, those are the big questions that uh, we haven't, I, that I haven't received the uh, answers back on. Um, they have, one of the few things they have said is that Raphael Warnock doesn't have any day-to-day -day involvement in the building, but, you know, they, Ebenezer is the 99% owner of the, of, of the property. They don't dispute that. Um, and even if he don't have, it, it may very well be true that he, he legitimately didn't know this was happening, but it's not as if he's powerless to, to, you know, ask their business partner, Columbia Residential, to stop filing these lawsuits, these evictions against people for such low amounts of rent. Uh, but he just hasn't done that. Um, so. And, and even in addition to the the rent issue there we also have a report on other problems with the living conditions in the building so there were problems with garbage that was just piling up in the garbage room um pests issues with like filth and and people basically tenants having to pull together resources to clean um common areas and there were two lawsuits that were uh have been filed against this building by people who said the elevator ceiling collapsed on them and uh, those are ongoing now. So uh, lots of different issues that we're seeing here. 
Um, when Andrew was down there, he spoke to residents who said they witnessed uh, handicapped residents who weren't able to go up to their rooms because the elevators were broken and so they needed uh, basically like the fire department to come and help them carry them upstairs. So these are major issues as well and that is something that we haven't gotten answers back from from the Warnock campaign. Wow. Well, those are huge. <laughs> those are just huge issues, huge questions. You know, this is this is why I'm doing the podcast because these are the things that I didn't get. I I I researched this before I, you know, had asked you guys to come on. I went digging. I didn't know half of this stuff. I, I get I, I saw a few things here or there from the interview. I think Andrew did you did the other night on Fox News, but you know, this is. Some of these questions they haven't answered need to be answered and they need to be answered because, like I say, I think this strikes it to the heart of his candidacy as a senator. Right. I truly believe as a man of the cloth, he has to be looking out for the, the lowest. Uh, he has to. And in this case, he's not. So with that said, guys, I hope I wish you guys luck, by the way, going forward. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks again for coming on. Hopefully I can have you on again when we get some of the answers to this. <laughs> we can update everybody on it. But thanks again for coming on. Uh, do not hang up on me because uh, the screen has to upload everything. So uh, with the upload and everything, um, you uh, want to keep it so that you see a green button on there. That's going to let you know that it's been uploaded and done. So. I've already paused the recording, so it's not recording this anymore. Now let me 